I am from Romania, but I was born in Egypt and now I live in Iceland. So <laughs> that's a complicated story. Actually, my mom, I was trying to make her talk about it. I think it brings up a lot of interesting memories for her. It's about the period when Romania was communist. It, it involves escaping communism, if you wish. This is how life surprises you, you know. You remember, I was telling you in the beginning that the reason I came to Iceland was because I thought I would never be able to come back again. But guess what? Be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it, so... Basically, I was like, if you wish, forced to come back here because of love. I'm not gonna lie, some days I miss the tide, the scent of a saltwater breeze coming over me. But I have no doubt, where I am right now is right where I'm supposed to be. This is the journey of the soul, it's the adventure of me. No matter what I'm told, I know that I am free to roam my own. They were working in a base and it wasn't really like a military base, it's just like a work abroad, if you wish, but for communist times. And my father was an electrician and my mother was a nurse. They had like a Romanian base there in Egypt, in the capital, in Cairo. And basically they just met there. My father was really insistent with my mother. She was telling me, he was like always, hey girl, what's up? <laughs> This is how they met outside. They also come from different cities in Romania. So this is really interesting that they met in a, in a completely different country. From that base, because it was still run by communist people, had to report to, to the communist party. They tried to escape from there. They went by themselves from that camp and found some other place like a refuge. It was in a, like a church owned by Americans. They were really helpful and they taught them English and were like very welcoming. We grew up in that community, but I was very little and everything that I know, I know from my mother. And probably by now I start to add some of my own imagination and my own interpretation. But this is how it went. They met in a foreign country and yeah, my brother still remember things. So that's really cool. I think they were all just trying their best to like have a lot of fun because we were born. I just remember they were telling us stories of how we were kids and we were going to the beach and always having fun. It's so nice and cheap to eat here. And I just see the pictures and I know how fun it was. I have many pictures from our anniversaries and they were trying their best to make it really fun. Many times my brothers had their mouth covered of chocolate cake. <laughs> And it's just really fun pictures to see. In my family, we don't really have a big traveling culture, but many people like to go either to the beach or to the mountain, because this is what we have, like what our country offers. And many people back then, for example, when I remember from my childhood, 2000 or yeah, 1990s, a lot of people would just choose the mountain, the Romanian mountains, or the Romanian beach, like seaside they would only kind of like travel inside the country because there would be not so many money for traveling abroad and stuff like that. But now it's definitely changed. A lot of people are going, for example, to Italy. We have really cheap flights and to France and Spain. 
I can see the traveling culture increasing a lot and people realizing that it's important to get out a little bit from your comfortable life and discover some new things. I started traveling uh, inside the country quite late because our parents didn't really consider it's an important thing for us to do. I started traveling from what I can remember around 15 or 16 years old and we just went to the mountains all the time. I was really sad because I never got to see the Romanian sea and all my friends would choose the sea because mountain sea like which is more fun in the summer you know. I haven't really learned how to swim either. I think my brothers know how to swim, but maybe just because they learned in back in Egypt, you know, we had so many, there were so many beaches and they had so many opportunities. I studied tourism, so I could give you a definition, but I try not to go by definitions. So traveling to me means discovering, trying to get to know a new culture. Trying food is an important part for me. I'm all about discovering new flavors. You can say I discover with my eyes and I discover with my mouth. Does that sound weird? (laughs) Because I'm trying all these new foods. I think I really liked the Moroccan food when I was in Morocco. It it just uh, tasted so nice and fresh and these many spices that I have never tasted in my life. And I think the best food, they have a soup. It's very cheap and it's very nice and warm. It's with tomatoes and some sort of beans. I basically started uh, traveling more and traveling abroad when I was in university. I think I was like 18 or 19. My first country, and actually I was traveling and living in that country. So because I was studying geography, I got to go to Belgium. This was my first country and I still have a video from my first flight from Yash to Brussels. Yash is my city where where I used to live in Romania. I was so nervous and so excited. There's so many emotions going on when the plane started to take off. I was so shocked. Then we got to see like a plane view from... It's just in, in Yash, we don't really have mountains. We just see the fields fields of grains and it was like summer and it was just wow and then I got we were in the clouds and that whole trip was so exciting for me it was like a three hours trip and it was like the best day of my life there was my first plane the trip with the plane that I can remember because of course my parents when they came from Egypt to Romania they took me on a plane but I cannot remember anything you know I was two years old my specialization was tourism in French language. So I learned all those three years in French. We had all the exams in French. And I wanted to choose a a country where I can practice French. So we had some options for these scholarships. France, Belgium. I decided to go for Belgium. And we went there with the big group who really wanted Belgium as well. This is how we, we chose it based on the language. If you want to go to a country and learn the language, this can you can be called a language tourist. We were there for three months and a few days. It was during summer. We were working in hotels. Some of us got to go in different hotels. I was alone in the hotel where I was. I wasn't there with any of my Romanian colleagues. We got to see a little bit of everything in the hotel. So how the housekeeping department is, how reception is, how the breakfast department is. You can imagine I like the breakfast one most. 
because I got to eat so much. We went to the capital. I fell in love with it. Of course, I'm being very subjective because that was the first country that I went abroad to. It was the first country where I was independent, away from my parents. And I was really aware of the experience. It was all happening to me and I'm there. I rent a house and I'm going to work. This was also the first time that I was working. That was just such an adult experience for me, you know. <laughs> Many moments include one-to-one -one time with my friends that I was there. So we would go like me and another friend, we would go to discover some new places. And I remember one day I took one of my friends to one of my fa favorite parks in Brussels. We were there like so late. We were just having fun, talking and enjoying. And we didn't realize how time passed by. Already the sun had set down. We saw the most wonderful sunset in the whole world. So nice, the sky was pink and orange. They had these little like clouds, kind of like these strips of clouds, you know. All of a sudden, it's a starry night. It's a clear sky and stars. We started to count stars and just, I know this sounds really like, like a romantic movie scene. We got so lost in time and we got so lost in the stories and we were just enjoying and having fun, you know. When I was in Belgium, I had the feeling that the clouds were bigger and closer to us. So that night it felt to me like the whole sky was just above my head and I could see all the stars so clearly. It was just something magical about, about that night. When I first went there, I had a little bit of a cultural shock. It's because there's so many people from different cultures and nationalities and so many nice people. Everybody was just so nice to me in the hotel. I think we had people from all over the world Everybody's so different and so nice and special. I got used to working in this very multicultural, diverse environment and I loved it. This is one of the things that traveling taught me, is that you get to meet so many new people. Because in my uh, hometown, there were, it's mostly Romanians. You barely see somebody from another country and then it makes you curious. This is one of the things that I learned. It's it's Belgium, it's Brussels, the capital of Europe, it's a diversity community, you know, it's all of these. After traveling and seeing so many places and trying so many new things, I just wanted to, to see what more there is, you know, because I'm sure there's so many things that I still haven't discovered. It's about a desire, a desire to discover and to travel to see some more things. During the stay in Brussels, we actually went to Netherlands during our three months there. But that was just one crazy night during the gay pride. We didn't expect that at all. You know, I was talking to you about cultural shock. I mean, Amsterdam was crazy. It was like, was like a party. The whole city was a party and it was amazing. I really liked Amsterdam after Belgium we went immediately home and you know I experienced something that everybody talks about after because this was an Erasmus experience like an Erasmus internship it's something called like Erasmus after sadness or something like that it's that everybody when they finish their experience in a foreign country and they get, go back to the country of origin they are all depressed because they miss that period. It's been such an amazing period in their lives and they learned so many new things. A lot of them had a lot of parties and had a lot of, you know, experiences and stuff like that. Maybe they met somebody they love or maybe they made a lot of friends. I experienced something like that and then I said, 
oh, I cannot, I cannot keep this feeling on. I need to go to another country and experience something more, you know, and I need to get off this you know, depression feeling. <laughs> the next country that I went to was Iceland. <laughs> the reason I came to Iceland was uh, because I thought I would never get the chance to come back to Iceland because Iceland is a little bit of an expensive destination. You can come here as a tourist, but whoever gives you the opportunity to come here for three months and they pay you, you know, that was like really offering. I was working in hotels, a completely new atmosphere in hotels. I was really interested about this part as well, like uh, the work environment and stuff like that, because we did come here to learn some new things about our industry. I was really surprised how relaxed everybody is in all of the workplaces. Now that I've worked here some more, I do notice this. There's some sort of like, there's nobody stressing out too much. Things are gonna get done, but in their own time. This was basically, this is called something else because Iceland is not part of the European Union, but is part of a economic agreement. Also together with Norway and Liechtenstein. This was a little bit bigger of a scholarship. It's called EEA. They give you this opportunity as well. It's the same time period. It's just a little bit more money and it's called differently, but it's the same procedures and you need to do the same paperwork. Of course, you need to be like a good student to be able to get a spot. We chose Reykjavik. It was really interesting. I had a big cultural shock when I came here. Not as big as in Belgium. That was my first, first experience. Just because I saw the letters at the airport you walk in and it says like in Gangur or something like it means entrance then I saw some weird letters it was like this V or like some thought or wow what is this that was my first thought and I was like oh this language is crazy I was not prepared for that I was googling Iceland I just wrote Iceland on Google you know and I got so little results. I didn't see any pictures. I didn't see any news about Iceland, anything. So I thought, this is such an empty country. There's no news about it. I cannot find any picture about Iceland. What is this? And I went on Google Maps and I googled Iceland. You can put this tiny man that goes on the streets, street view, I think it's called. I just put the street view, I don't know, in some random street and Basically, what I saw is two houses, one gray road and gray sky. I think it was somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, where am I going? What place is this? Is, there's no vegetation. The sky is gray. There's two houses. Where is this? It could have been even somewhere like close to Reykjavik in the middle of nowhere, you know, because you can be close to Reykjavik where there's people and houses and everything and, you know, malls and what, whatever. But you can go like, you know, one kilometer and be in the middle of nowhere. So I was like, really, you know, maybe my Google skills are really bad. So I couldn't really, maybe I should have, you know, Google some more or something. But there was literally nothing that I could hear about it. It was 2016. So, you know, maybe by then there were so many articles and so many posts about blog posts and stuff like that about Iceland, but I couldn't find any of them. I was actually kind of scared to see what's happening. Of course, when I arrived to, to the capital, we went to BSI 
And from there, we took a bus uh, to where we were staying because in this internship, the housing was offered by the hotel. So we stay in the hotel. It was in Foss Hotel Lind. We had the best room in the hotel and it was on the first floor. It was like five minutes away from the big church. This actually like made me think that, okay, I'm not in such a bad place. It's quite nice and so populated. There's some buildings and some tourist attractions. So it's not, it's not that bad. But I was really scared before coming here because I thought I would be in the middle of nowhere and we would have nothing to do and nothing to see. <laughs> After a few days and we took some walks downtown, it was okay. We made the right choice. This was the capital and we got to see later on how vibrant the city gets. Because it was summer, there was also the National Day of Iceland where like literally everybody was in Reykjavik. There was also back then the football. There's some really important football game. The Icelandic national team made it third in world championship or something like that. We had some great times. <laughs> uh, we were working and then our, in our free time we went and discovered we were just walking because we didn't have any, a car or something like that. The most surprising thing was the wind. I remember my first encounters with Icelandic wind. <laughs> I never experienced such strong winds in my life. Back then I was a little bit more fit than I am today. And I could say that I almost flied with the wind because the wind was like carrying me, you know, sweeping me off my feet. The same happened with my colleague because it was just the two of us in the capital. What is with this weather? Then we discovered how, you know, changeable the weather is. But that summer was actually quite nice. Sometimes it would rain all of a sudden and nobody knew why and what's happening. But now I'm more used to it, so that it was a little bit of a shock back then. <laughs> During this internship, I met my boyfriend. Because we were working at the hotel, we had a friend there who's a re receptionist. His name is Arman, he's Icelandic. You know, there was this Pokemon craze there with Pokemon Go, so people would take their phones and go look for Pokemon everywhere. He was crazy about this game, the receptionist. My uh, colleague that I came here with, my friend, she loves Pokemon Go. She's like a little bit of a nerdy girl. I was like, I, I, what is this game? I don't even, I'm not, you know, I know what Pokemon is, you know, <laughs> of course. But I didn't know what this game is all about. So Arman invited the, the two of us to go look for Pokemon. I told this girl, like, really, what was this game? Like, why? But anyway, she convinced me to come. And then Arman asked us if it's okay if he brings his brother. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. I don't, you know, I'm just winging in. I just come with you guys and watch you play a game because I don't know what is this all about. Then his brother comes in and I look at him. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, wow, this man. It's like, <laughs> it comes in, you know, in the reception of the hotel because we were all meeting there. This really tall guy, like buff, but you know, fit. And he had these pants, a Hawaiian t-shirt that was red and sunglasses and a huge red beard. He looked like a true Viking, but from the 80s or something. <laughs> And then I was looking, how is this man his brother? Because Arman, the receptionist, he's short, he has eyeglasses and brown hair. And I was like, how are these guys brothers, you know? But later on, I found out that here it's like a thing because here families are like so 
interesting and so diverse you know sometimes people divorce or they split and they people have here many stepbrothers and stepsisters and it's like a totally normal thing I come from a country where divorce is kind of seen badly and people don't really divorce and you don't tr truly have stepsisters or stepbrothers later on I found out that they can be brothers without having to look the same but look at this guy this guy is amazing turns out that he became my boyfriend later on my fiance later on as well I think I was struck with him you know like he was like this true viking look this is how I met him basically by going and searching for pokemons <laughs> while I was in Iceland. Here we are now, five years later, still together. I came back to Iceland because of him working here and now we almost have a baby, like uh, in five uh, months. <laughs> this is how life surprises you, you know. You remember I was telling you in the beginning that the reason I came to Iceland was because I thought I would never be able to come back again. But guess what? Be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. So basically I was like, if you wish forced to come back here because of love, that's the main reason that I had to come back. This happened like one year after we met because I still had to finish my university and get a degree. And then I was able to come back here only in 2017. We met in 2016 in the summer. I came in 2017 in the summer. I wasn't in Romania the whole time because I decided to have my third internship. This time was a study mobility. I went to study abroad and I was in Poland. He came to visit me, actually he visited me in Prague because it was the Christmas time and we decided to have Christmas in Prague, like a romantic thing. First thing that he told me was that he's shocked how cheap everything is. Because here in Iceland things are a little bit more pricey. He was able to buy with the same amount you would buy here, for example, a wrap. He was able to buy there a fancy dinner. Then money has a different value. The first thing he was shocked about was the prices. And then he really didn't like the weather because he came in the summer, almost summer. It was just April and it was so warm and humid. Thinking about it, I appreciate now how fresh the air is here in Iceland because he was used all the time to this fresh air, like a little bit of cold, like a small breeze, you know. Then if you dress appropriately, it's manageable. But in Romania, you cannot undress, you cannot take off your skin. And it was so warm all the time it's a little bit unpleasant I think it was like 25 28 degrees if it's a little bit humid as well so that was another thing I think a lot of people have a lot of things to complain about the weather everywhere in the end he enjoyed it and he liked the food he really liked this sweet dessert that it's called Kyrtos Kolaks this is not a Romanian specialty it's a specialty made by the Hungarians who live in the center of Romania because we were traveling in Transylvania and they make this dough that is baked on a pit. I think it's called a pit. It gets really crispy on the outside but very soft on the inside. It has like either walnuts or coconut. These things are big. He ate one like in one minute or something. He's a big guy, he eats a lot but I was like how can you eat that one? Because it's also sweet. And he was like, I just, I love it. I just love it so much. During my Erasmus in Poland, I met two wonderful girls, one from Croatia and one from Slovenia. When you meet some people, 
and they are the perfect travel companions. You can have friends or people that you know that are good. When you go to shopping, you know you need to get that person because she's the best to give your you advice. Or when you go do this, you get the other person, you know, because they have different personalities and different ways how to handle that moment, you know, or that experience. Well, with these girls, I have a perfect traveling chemistry. And wherever we go, we just have the most fun. I am the one who plans the trip and I'm the one who knows which places to go. We have a girl who's always taking pictures. So she's like our little journalist. And the other girl is just bringing her bubbliness and her fun and jokes and everything, her songs and stuff like that. We just fit perfectly as a group. These girls that I met in Poland, we just decided, hey girls, we should meet up. We haven't seen each other since Poland and... That was in 2018, since two years. Let's go somewhere, let's plan something crazy. And the one who's a journalist, she always has these crazy, crazy ideas. She's saying, let's go to Thailand, let's go to, to Peru or something. And for me, it's crazy, not because we cannot go there, because now it's so much easier to travel and you can travel on a budget and you can, being a student, you can do this as well. But it's just crazy because for me, these things need a lot of planning and oh, we cannot just travel tomorrow to these places. Come on, let's think about it. They were like, no, let's do it. Let and they planned it, the whole thing. They planned the hotel, they planned the planes and everything. And I was like, okay, let's just go. But I was really like letting go of my desire of planning and everything. We planned it one month ahead. We went to Morocco. And we had a lot of fun. It was like the first time I kind of went out of Europe because before I was only traveling to Europe and this was like, wow, was completely different. It's not like, because in Europe, if you go and travel in any major city, you will notice a little bit of similarities. There's a main shopping street or a main touristic street. There's the center of the city and there's sometimes a church or something around and then a few more stuff and like some museums. But in Morocco, we went to three different cities. I will say, for example, Marrakesh. It's not like this. You don't have the same structure of the streets. The streets are actually very little and tangled. It's like a small labyrinth. I'm not saying this cannot happen also in Europe, but it's completely different how the city looks even. I saw the written Arabic. I saw, I think it was in three languages. It was in French, English and Arabic. I was, wow, this is really crazy. But you know, the thing with Ar Arabic like letters is that somehow they're familiar to me because I saw them a lot in pictures from Egypt. I felt a little bit closer to them somehow. Of course, I didn't understand anything, but the way that I was used to them since childhood, seeing them in the pictures, because of course my parents took pictures of places where you can see signs, for example, in Arabic or some buildings would have like their names on the walls. I didn't feel that shocked anymore. Uh, it was uh, at that moment where I was accepting new things a bit more and they didn't shock me as well. I think it was also really special to be there and to see the, the stop sign amazed me the most because here, I think everywhere else, the word stop is stop. But back there in Morocco, the stop sign had it written in, you know, Arabic. You recognize the shape because it's a hexagon shape and, you know, in driving rules, you must have this 
everybody must know that this you need to stop even if it's written in language there. I think we were there for like one and a half or two weeks. We got the best of both worlds. We got a little bit of nice weather, a little bit of uh, bad weather. Uh, a lot of weird things happened to us then that we weren't prepared for. And this is actually like a sad part about traveling uh, scammers. We got scammed a few times in the beginning and we weren't prepared for, we didn't Google it. Sometimes you trust people uh, a lot and most of the times they just see you like they saw us most of that this is how we felt it's obviously we're generalizing a bit and it's our own uh, opinion about it but uh, most of the times they were seeing us as maybe money makers so many of them tried to get our money the first day we got scammed like three or four times i think and we lost a lot of money but uh, the next days we kind of learned that this is a sad part of you know traveling and being there and being a tourist. The first thing that happened was when we got to the airport, we took a taxi and I'm not sure we heard from the lady at the information desk that it was supposed to cost 150 dirham. When we got there, the man charged us 250. But I don't know if this is supposed to be like we were supposed to negotiate or something to lower the price. But why would the lady tell us the price, the negotiated price? Just, you know, so but this wasn't the scam. After the taxi driver drove us in the Medina, immediately some guy with a carriage came and the taxi driver put our luggages in the carriage. Then the guy with the carriage started going really fast towards our hotel and we were like, wait, what's happening? Why are you taking our luggage? We had to run after him. He was saying, no, I take you to the hotel. I take you to the hotel. And we were like, what is this? And, you know, the girls were really scared because we had our valuables in the carriage. You cannot really trust anybody. Turns out that he took us to the hotel, but we were running to get him. He was going so fast. And it felt like forever because we had our luggages there. I think they had an agreement. They know each other and they do this thing really fast. So the tourists are really confused. And then we got to the hotel and he was asking for money. I said, I don't know how much money I should give you. He said, a hundred dirham. We were like, okay, yeah, whatever. So we can get rid of him. We gave him the money. When we got home, we realized that this is a lot of money. And not even in one month, a hardworking person makes this money. And then we made the calcul. This is so crazy how these people get rich so fast. At least you can hope that they are using it in a good way, that they have like numerous families, but it's really bad to make it this way, you know, like make us feel really uncomfortable. That was our first day there. We were very shocked. Why would this happen to us? We could have at least thinking about it. We should have negotiated. We should have spoke out, but we were so stressed out and it was, it was all happening so fast, you know, months after this happened, I Googled this and it happened to many people and the same things. Some of them lost even more money. The worst thing that I can think about it by the end of the trip is that we lost trust in the people. There were honest people. They were offering us something and they probably didn't want so much money for it. But we were always saying, no, 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 just to, you know, avoid this. So that was like one of the, you know, not so happy things that happened on the trip. But it's something that we should talk about it just so we avoid stuff like that. Make sure 
we don't get you know scammed and have a bad experience because in the end for a service like this we can it's still worth to be paid but you don't have to give out so much money and we were students and we were on a budget and we lost so much money in the first day we didn't know we didn't know about it but now we're more prepared and we are aware that some of these things sadly happen i only had a backpack with very little things, a little bit of money, very few clothes that actually, in a way, I kind of regretted because in the first few days was a bit too cold. Luckily, the other girls had extra clothes. I packed very minimalist just because also I like, I don't want to pay uh, for uh, extra luggage and get stuff that I would carry with me anyway because we don't have any car there. We go, we discover by walking, you know. You remember in the beginning I was telling you I, I discover with the mouth, I discover where with the feet, <laughs> if you wish to say it like that. And, you know, you're carrying your luggage, it's very stressful for the back. I'm gonna do this more often, travel with very little things. Just the minimal. For me is what I remember fondly. Of course, sadly, I remember the bad things, yeah. But I remember fondly how much fun we had and the companionship and our jokes and our little morning habits. Moroccan morning breakfast. Moroccan breakfast is amazing. It's just so nice. It's just a good opportunity to start the day in a nice way. They have these pieces of bread that you can eat with butter and jam and then nice freshly squeezed uh, orange juice. We were always having these breakfasts and talking and planning the day and enjoying and it was nice and sunny outside. I think traveling made me realize more things about me and those things are that I want to be independent, that I want to go travel and discover. Traveling is better with friends, but also by yourself. Like, for example, when I was in Poland, I was by myself. But then I made friends there that lasted forever. You can say that traveling brought me friends, brought me an awareness that I want to be independent. And wait, traveling got me my boyfriend as well, my fiancé. Wait, how can I forget that? Yeah. <laughs> and my baby. Traveling got me so many memories. I learned about myself that I want to discover things. I love all discovering all of these new spices and new fruits. You're gonna have so many amazing experiences. It's so worth it. Just go there with an open mind and enjoy it. I would probably advise to do even more things. So far I don't have any regret. I just somehow wish, it's not a regret, but it's just if I could have done something better, I would have traveled even more while I was abroad. Of course, now, because of this pandemic, I realize even more that I could have traveled every day of my life, whenever I had free. But to travel in the meaning of you can go, you know, 200 meters away from home and still be like a tourist and still see new things. I traded hurricanes for monsoonal rains and I love that I have no idea what's next It could be northern lights or Rocky Mountain highs I've learned to be open to anything This is the journey